There you go. Thanks. Hallelujah. Let's pray. Father God, we honor Jesus Christ, our Lord, our Savior. We, we honor the great, mighty Holy Spirit who is our teacher. Father, we fix our eyes on you. And we ask you to teach us this morning. Enlighten the eyes of our hearts. Fill our hearts with a revelation of your truth, the truth of your word. Cause us to see and to know your will. And Father, grant us grace to be doers of your word, that we may be blessed. We thank you in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Praise the Lord. Well, The Lord has instructed us, the leaders at the barn, that we need to be encouraged in the area of healing. And so I'm, my faith is to the Lord to bring fresh revelation, because we can all use encouragement in this area. Amen. And so we're going to be talking today about healing, walking and receiving in divine health. And in particular today, we're going to be talking about the fact that healing is God's will. It is the will of God for us to be well, for us to be healed, for us to be strong. Amen? Now, I want to say a few things to introduce the whole series before we get to our message today. And the first thing I want to talk about is the fact that, you know, God loves you so much. He wants you to be well so much that he built that right into your physical body. You know that? Your body is constantly healing itself. You have an innate intelligence, an innate healing intelligence in your body that brings about healing constantly. And here's the thing. When human beings minister healing, they do it through two avenues. We either minister to the body or the mind. Physicians try to affect healing and cure by working with the physical part of man. They use medicines, they use surgeries, Counselors, others, there are systems that work directly through the mind. And of course, psychologists, counselors work with the mind of human beings. Praise God. Thank God for all the ways that we can receive healing. Thank God for, you know, exercise, good diet, natural remedies, medicine, all, of, all the things that you can do as your conscience directs, as the Spirit leads you to bring health in your body. We thank God for all those things. But that's not what we're going to be talking about in this series. We're going to be talking about divine healing in this series. We're going to be talking about God healing our, our bodies. And so as we approach the subject, I want to share some thoughts with you. When God heals us, he works by his spirit and through our spirit. You can't receive divine healing with your body or with your mind. Now, it will affect your body and it will affect your mind. But Jesus said God is a spirit. And you know you're created in his image, in his likeness. You are a spirit being. Those that worship him, worship him in spirit and in truth. To commune with him, we have to open our hearts wide. We have to go, come from the deepest, inmost part of our being and open it to the, 
person of God. He is a person. He is a living being, just like you. And that's the way we commune with him. And that's true worship. And so if we're going to receive anything from God, we're going to receive it through our spirits. And so we talk about faith. That's just another way of saying that faculty, that part of your heart that is able to perceive things of the Spirit. Faith's just like the hand that receives God's gifts. And they come into our spirit, and then they permeate our body. Amen? Okay, now by saying this, when God ministers divine healing, he ministers that through our spirit. So I, I'm not saying your spirit is sick, okay? I am not saying that your spirit is sick or in need of healing. Because if you are a born-again child of the living God, praise God, then your spirit is a new creation. Behold, all things are become new. And when we get born again, when we come into the family of God, a miracle happens on the inside of our hearts, and our hearts are transformed. You remember what the Lord said through the prophet Ezekiel concerning the day of the new covenant. He said, in that day, I will give a new heart. I'll put a new heart in you. I'll put a new spirit in you, and then I will put my spirit in you. And his spirit dwells in our hearts, in our spirits. Brothers and sisters, don't you know? You are the naos. You are the temple. You are the holy place of the living God. You are a part of a living temple. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. So we have, let's never make the mistake of judging what God's will is for us by looking at our current experience. Okay? Thank God my experience can change. God's will for us is so beautiful, it's so powerful, it's so mind-blowing. If we can just get an inkling of revelation of it, our lives will be totally transformed. So let's not judge what God's will is by what I've experienced in the past or what I'm experiencing in the present moment. Let's let the Spirit, you know that one of the reasons why God's put His Spirit in you is to bring your experience in line with the truth. Hallelujah. So listen carefully to this truth. The Holy Spirit is living in me. I ask and I invite you, great and mighty Holy Spirit, to make real in my experience all that the Lord Jesus Christ has won for me and done for me. Amen. You agree with that? All right. Let's let's say that together. Let me see if I can catch up to myself here. Back. Thank you. Yeah, I'm just kind of ignoring because I, I have notes for 45 minutes. So, okay. So let's, I invite you, if you believe this is true, if you think this is a good prayer, I invite you to say it with me. Say it after me. Holy, the Holy Spirit is living in me. I ask and invite you, great and mighty Holy Spirit, to make real in my experience all that the Lord Jesus has won and done for me. Amen. So be it. 
Amen. 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 Yeah. Praise God. Thank you, Jesus. Now, we're often defeated by wrong thinking. If my thinking is not in line with God's thinking, which it usually isn't because his thoughts are higher than my thoughts and his ways are higher than my ways, as high as the heaven is above the earth. So unless my mind has been changed, then I'm going to impede God's blessings in my life. We need to agree with God. (laughs) It's a good idea to agree with the Lord. You know, the enemy wants to pervert the truth of God. He wants to lie, and he wants to trick us into disagreeing with God, saying something that God didn't say, because God can't bless that. But if I say what God says is true about me, that God can bless, that God will bless. Thank you, Jesus. So we need to have our minds washed by the water of God's word. That's Ephesians 5, 26. Amen? We need to be renewed in the spirit of our minds. Paul's still writing to the church at Ephesus in Ephesians 4.23. We need to dispense with our own ideas and wrong thinking about things and receive the mind of Christ. Amen? 1 Corinthians 2.16, Philippians 2.5. Yes, let's receive that mind which was in Christ Jesus. Let's receive the revelation of God's will for our lives. Hallelujah. All right. So here's another important statement. I want you to think about this and let this sink in to your bones. Faith begins where the will of God is known. Faith begins where the will of God is known. I can't pray the prayer of faith if I'm not sure what God's will is. Now, I can pray other kinds of prayer. I can seek God for direction. I can say, oh, Lord, give me wisdom. And he gives liberally and doesn't upbraid me. Yeah. There are all kinds of ways I can pray when I don't know how to pray. But I can't pray the prayer of faith until God has revealed his will. Hmm. Now listen to this. Oh, somebody's anticipating me. Thank you. Thank you, Jesus. Listen to this. This is what the Apostle John wrote. 1 John 5, 14 and 15. This is from the Amplified Bible text. This is the confidence, the assurance the boldness which we have in him. We are sure that if we ask anything in accordance with his will, in agreement with his own plan, he listens to us, he hears us, and since we positively know that he listens to us in whatever we ask, we also know with settled and absolute knowledge that we have granted to us as our present possession the requests made of him. Did you know that was in the Bible? Did you know that's in the Bible? Woo! How can we be so confident? How can we be so bold? Because faith knows what God wants to give already and is just asking him just, yes, Lord, I'm saying yes, do for me what you want to do. So we know he hears that prayer. We know he agrees with that prayer. We know he will confirm that prayer. Amen? Praise God. Let's say it together. Faith begins where the will of God is known. Okay. So I'm going to be sharing today in the time we have on scriptural proofs, reasons why we can be completely confident that it's God's will for us to be healed. Now, there's no condemnation in Christ Jesus. Amen? So, hey, be of good cheer. Doesn't matter, you know, whether you judge yourself to be of weak faith or great faith. Hey, hey, you remember the father of the 
the son, they had seizures, came to Jesus. He said, can you do anything? Can you do anything? Can you help me? Jesus said, can you believe? And he fell down and said, oh, Lord, I believe. Help my unbelief. God is so good. He is so merciful. He'll meet us where we are in our faith. But thank goodness we can grow. Our faith can grow exceedingly, Paul wrote to the church at Thessalonica. Amen. So that's where we are. We're not condemning ourselves or anyone. We're just being built up and edified in our faith in the Lord and what he can do. Hallelujah. How does faith come to us? Faith comes by hearing. Hearing by the word of God, Romans 10, 17. So let's hear God's word on the issue. Now, I dare say, probably most of us, maybe all of us would agree that God is able to heal. Amen? Do you agree with that statement? If you you believe that somewhere, sometime, somebody got healed by God, raise your hand. Yeah. (laughs) We've got a whole book full of wonderful testimonies, and we've got a whole church full of wonderful testimonies of the things that God is doing. Come tonight and hear Sharon Trainers. Be blessed. I'm in that testimony of what God's doing. So we believe he can. The question is, will he? So the important question for each of us to ask as we go through this series is, what, what is it that I really believe? This is not about pretending or straining. You know, this is, okay, where am I? What, what do I really believe? Do I really believe it's God's will for me to be healed right now? Hallelujah. I've been praying for people to be healed for 35 years or more, and I have found the number one problem, number one impediment. is just a simple thing. People pray, Lord, if it be your will, heal me. Well, that's not the prayer of faith. That's not it. Got to find out first, is it God's will? If it is, hey, you can receive it. No condemnation, brothers and sisters. Hallelujah. So, you know, I used to teach on 30 scriptural proofs, 30 reasons why we know it's God's will. And I narrowed that down. I said, well, let's work on these 15 reasons. And I pray, pray in about this. And I said, well, let's work on six reasons. And then yesterday I pray in and thinking, oh, no way, no way. Let's look at three reasons why we know it's God's will. And so we're going to try to look at three reasons this morning why we know. And here's reason number one. There it is. Praise God. We know it is God's good and perfect will for us to be healed because of the origin of sickness and disease and because of God's eternal purpose. Amen? Now, I'm not going to take time to teach this in detail. I'm just going to touch on this. But you know this. When God created in the beginning, what did he say about it? Very good. How high is God's standard? Perfect. Listen, there was no sickness, there was no weakness, there was no disease, there was no deformity, there was no death in the garden. When God made it, he made it the way he wanted it. Sickness and disease had no place in it, and it did not appear until the great rebellion infected the human race. Until the one who was created perfect, until he chose to rebel, infected our race. And through the sin of one man, sin entered and death passed upon all. Amen. But you know, when that happened, 
Genesis 3.15, just immediately, immediately, did God change his mind? Was God surprised? Does his purpose change? No. No. Immediately, Genesis 3.15, he said, yep, seed, seed of the woman shall crush your head. Because God's not changed his mind about his will for his beloved children. They are to reflect his image. There's no sickness, disease, or death in God. He's full of light. He's full of life. So from the very beginning, he began to prophesy how he would send a Messiah who would take away our sin, who would bring us back into fellowship with God, who would restore us to our rightful place as children of the Father. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. All right. So we know that in the beginning it wasn't God's will. What about now? Is it God's will now? Beloved, I wish, I desire above all things that you prosper and be in health even as your soul grows and prospers. How how did Jesus teach us to pray? Our Father, who art in heaven, bless, holy, hallowed be thy name. May thy kingdom come. May thy will be done on the earth as it is in heaven. Is there any sickness in heaven? How could it possibly be God's will for us to suffer with sickness if Jesus taught us to pray, the Father's will be done on earth as it is in heaven? So we know it's God's will for us to be well today. What about in the future? What's going to happen in the future? Revelation 21 says there's going to be new heavens and new earth. God's going to dry every tear you ever cried. There's no pain. There's no suffering. There's no disease. There's no death. Matter of fact, you know what God does with death after he's defeated it and put it under the feet of Jesus? It goes into the lake of fire. That's what God thinks of sickness, disease, and death. It's to be burned up and destroyed forever, and we'll enjoy eternity future with God. Hallelujah. So God does not change his purpose. So we know because of the origin of sin, it comes from the devil. Do you know that Jesus said disease is satanic oppression? You remember the woman came to the synagogue and she's all bent over and she couldn't straighten up her back and she suffered with that affliction for 18 years. And there are people there thinking, oh, he's not going to do it. He's not going to do it. He's not going to heal her on Sabbath day, is he? He says, come on. Ought not this woman being a daughter of Abraham, a child of God, ought not she be loosed from this satanic bondage on the Sabbath? Yes, of course, that's what the Sabbath is for. Sabbath, the rest of God is about coming into communion with him. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Okay, so sickness and disease is incipient death. It's not part of God's plan. Came in as a result of the fall. Now, I'm not saying that if a person is suffering with sickness or is attacked, or is injured, it's because, that it's necessarily because of any sin they committed. No, the world. The world is broken and fallen. And so everybody's attacked. Everybody said, Jesus was tempted in every way that we are tempted. Everybody comes under attack. The question is, what's our response going to be when the devil comes to me and says, here, sickness is for you. Am I going to agree with the devil, or am I going to agree with God? There's an enemy, there's an adversary who's stalking about like a roaring lion seeking whom he may devour. Resist him, steadfast in the faith. Humble yourself, submit yourself under the mighty hand of God. Resist him. 
when he comes with lies. Amen. Let's agree with God. Hallelujah. All right. So we know that it's God's will for us to be healed now because of God's original and eternal purpose. And because sickness and disease is a work of the devil. It's not of God. It doesn't come from God. Okay. All right. So what's another reason? I thought uh, Brother Bob was going to preach my message this morning. And he did. And more power to him. More anointing on him. Thank God. Because we know it's God's will. Because Jesus is the will of God in demonstration. Jesus is the will of God in action. Hallelujah. So let's see if we can get... Okay, it's not responding to me. See see if we can get number two. Reason number two. Yeah, we know it's God's good and perfect will for us to be healed because Jesus is the will of God in action. He was God in human form. Amen? I like the Rotherham translation of Hebrews 1.3. It says, Jesus was the exact representation of God's very being. Whew, God in human form, God incarnate. Jesus said this, I came down from heaven not to do my own will, but the will of him that sent me. You want to know what God's will is? Look at Jesus. He said this, he who sent me is present with me. He's not left me alone. For I always do what is acceptable to him. Another translation, I always do those things that please him. John eight twenty nine. And again, Jesus said, have I been with you all this time, Philip? And you still don't know who I am? Anyone who's seen me has seen the Father. That's what Jesus said, John 14, 9. So what did Jesus do to reveal the Father's will? Matthew 9, 35 says, Jesus went about all the cities and villages, teaching in their synagogues, preaching the gospel of the kingdom, and healing every sickness and every disease among the people. Why did he do that? How God anointed Jesus of Nazareth with the Holy Ghost and power who went about doing good and healing all who were oppressed of the devil for God was with him. If we want to know what God's will is, look at Jesus. Look at what Jesus did. Hallelujah. Listen to this one. This is Matthew 15, 30. And great multitudes came to him. Thousands of people came to him having with them lame, blind, dumb, maimed, and many others, and he healed them. Hallelujah. One time there was a man, you can look at this in Matthew 8. I love the 8th chapter of Matthew because it's packed with healing. And the very first one is a man with leprosy. You know that the Jews considered this particularly unclean and loathsome because they thought it was a physical manifestation of sin. So they blamed the, person, the sick person. We never blame people for being sick. That's ridiculous. We blame the devil. He's the author of sickness. So this man came. He's not even supposed to be in a public place. So he comes in fear and trembling. He falls down. He worships Jesus. He says, Master, Lord, I know, I know if you will, you can heal me. Oh, but I don't know if it's your will. What's Jesus' response to this man? Oh, I want to read this to you. Let's see. Let me find this. Yeah, the New English Bible. I like the New English Bible. Because this guy, you know, this is the question that many of us harbor in our hearts. This is our dark secret. 
right? So we know, yeah, yeah, I know God heals. Yeah, he healed Sharon Trainer. Man, did you hear that? Wow! But she's a good person. <laughs> she's probably, she probably deserved that from the Lord. But gosh, me, would God, oh gosh, if he, if he knew me, would he do that for me? That's the question we have, and that's the question that the leper brings. And I love the way the New English Bible puts it. It says, Jesus responded, quote, in warm indignation. <laughs> so Jesus, he's very loving, but he's like a little affronted. You know, what, what kind of father do you think you have? <laughs> he says, of course, of course it's my will. Immediately stretched forth his hand, touched the untouchable, unclean leper. Said, be healed. Of course is my will. Be healed. Jesus is the will of God in action. Hallelujah. J.B. Phillips says, of course I want to. That's where that one came from. That's in Matthew 8, 1 and Mark 1. Okay. So this is not just a special favor. You know, he didn't just do this. God's no respecter of persons. You know, his eyes are running to and fro throughout the whole earth, looking for someone that he may show himself strong in their behalf. He's looking for the person whose heart is open to them, wholehearted, trusting him, faith in him. That's the person he's looking for. So it's not just this guy because he was special, that Jesus was moved with compassion and put forth his hand and touched the leper and said, I will, be thou cleansed. But listen to this. Matthew 14, 14. And Jesus went forth and saw a great multitude. So again, we're talking about thousands of people. And he was moved with compassion toward them, and he healed their sick. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Now, some of us have, some of us have believed, some of us have been told by our dear, dear, precious, well-meaning brothers and sisters that Sometimes God will put sickness on you to chasten you or to teach you an important lesson. Have you, anybody heard that? Okay, now listen. Thank God that he takes whatever the enemy means for destruction and he can turn it to good. Yeah. For those who are the call to the Lord, those whom he loves, he can t- work through anything. I don't care how horrible the situation is. God can bring good and blessing out of it. That doesn't mean he gave you that thing to teach you That's something. Right. That is a lie, my brothers and sisters. Let's, not, let's change our thinking about that. Hallelujah. I don't think it's a scriptural idea. I've looked. I can't find that anywhere in the Bible. Nowhere in the Bible... Nowhere in the Bible does it say Jesus ever said to any person who came to him for healing, oh, I'm sorry, brother. I'm sorry, dear child. It's, it, this is God's will for you because he's teaching you something. Anybody ever read that in the Bible? Never. Never, brothers and sisters. <sighs> you know, some of those who've told me that they believed it was God's will for them to be sick. We're going to the doctor and taking medicine. Right. And it makes me wonder, yep. dear brother, dear sister, if you really believe it's God's will for you to be in this, why are you trying as hard as you can to get out of God's will? <laughs> let's, hey, let's be honest. <laughs> let's be honest with ourselves. Hey, because, you know, this is not, we're not talking about pretending 
We're not talking about straining to try to make myself believe something. That's not what we're talking about. We're talking about what is in your heart. What is your heart to God? What do you believe? You trust him or not? I got one, one cheek on here, but I'm not quite sure. I got one foot on the ground in case this thing breaks down. No, faith is just say, okay, yeah, I put all my weight on this. Here's who I am. Thank you, Jesus. <sighs> Hallelujah. Okay. So let's let go of our wrong thinking and come into agreement with God. All the thousands of cases described in the Bible, and by the way, you know, they're in here for a reason. That leper and all this stuff is in here for a reason. Amen? John said, if we, John, the apostle of the Lamb, the guy who leaned on Jesus' breast at the Last Supper, he said, if we wrote down all the things Jesus said and did, the whole world wouldn't contain the books. So they didn't have to scrape around to come up with a few little healing tests. Each one of these testimonies in here is in here by the Spirit of God, by the inspiration of God, to teach us the will of God because Jesus is the will of God in action. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Okay, so his answer to the leper is his answer to us. Of course it's my will. Be healed now. We know it's God's good and perfect will for us to be healed because Jesus was the demonstration of God's will in action. Okay, I think we've got time to look at one more. See if we can get... Number three, we know it's God's good and perfect will for us to be healed because healing is part of our redemption. Healing belongs to us. It's part of the redemptive plan of God. It covers everything. Bruce read the psalmist today, Psalm 103 from the Passion Translation. It was beautiful. What's he say? Oh, bless the Lord, O my soul, and all that's within me. Bless his holy name. Bless the Lord who forgives all your iniquities, who heals all your diseases, who redeems your life from the pit of destruction, who crowns you with loving kindness and tender mercies and compassion. Who satisfies your life with good things so your youth is renewed like the eagles. Bless the Lord. Hallelujah. All of his blessings are in the plan of redemption. Now the prophet Isaiah foresaw the suffering of the Messiah in our behalf. I'm reading from Isaiah 53 verses 3 and 5. 3 through 5. If we had time, we'd read the whole thing. Listen. He was despised, shunned by men, a man of suffering, familiar with disease. I'm reading from the Tanakh, by the way. This is the Nevi'im. This is the prophets from the Jewish scripture. The one who hid his face from us, as one who hid his face from us, he was despised. We held him of no account. Yet it was our sickness that he was bearing, our suffering that he endured. We accounted him plagued and smitten and afflicted of God. But he was wounded because of our sins, our transgressions. He was crushed and bruised because of our iniquities. He bore the chastisement that made us whole. And by his bruises, by his stripes, we were healed. Amen. We are healed. Hallelujah. That's what Isaiah said. Beautiful, beautiful, beautiful. Now, I've heard the objection, again, dear brothers, brothers and sisters that I love, that are in the body of Christ. God bless them. But I've heard some teaching from them that I don't think squares with the Scripture. And I've heard from them 
that, well, this, yeah, this is about, this is metaphorical language. It's about your forgiveness of sins. This remission is about changing your, getting rid of that sin nature and forgiving your sins. But it's not talking about physical body. That all ceased with the last apostle. Yeah, some believe that. Uh, dear, dear brothers that I love believe that. But what does the scripture say? What does the Bible say? What does God say? What does the Holy Ghost say? Now, who is the best interpreter of the Old Testament? New Testament. Same Spirit of God that inspired Isaiah to say that, inspired his commentary on it in the New Testament. Now, the one I'm going to share with you comes in Matthew 8. Matthew 8 is just boom, 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 boom. Healing, healing. Leper healed. Paralyzed servant healed. Peter's mother-in-law with inflammation and high fever healed. Boom, boom, boom. And then everybody in the whole town comes out with demon-possessed people and sick people, and they all get healed. Okay, so what's, what's the context here? Physical healing. This context is physical healing. And what does Matthew eight seventeen say? This was, this was done to fulfill what was written by the prophet Isaiah, saying himself took our infirmities and bare our sicknesses. Brothers and sisters, that settles it. The Holy Ghost has made his commentary. It says, yeah, yeah. He took the chastisement of our peace. He took our sin and he bore stripes on his back for our healing from sickness and disease. This is God's perfect, beautiful will for us. Hallelujah. Amen. Glory to God. Hallelujah. Let me share another one with you. Remember, uh, this is recorded in Luke's gospel in the fifth chapter. One day, Jesus is in the synagogue teaching, and there's a sick person in there. It's a guy who's paralyzed, and they brought him in on a stretcher. And when Jesus interacts with a man, first thing he does is he says, son, your your sins are forgiven. (gasps) There's a gasp in the crowd. You know, there's, there's Pharisees and people supposedly learned in the scripture of Yahweh there. They say, who is this blasphemer who thinks he can forgive sins? And what is Jesus' response? He says, which is easier, to say your sins are forgiven or to say rise and walk? But so that you may know that the Son of Man has authority on the earth to forgive sins, he turns to the paralyzed man and says, rise and walk, take your stretcher and go home. He stood up and went home. (laughs) Hallelujah. If you want to know what the will of God is, if you want to know what Father's will is, look at Jesus. He is the demonstration of the will of God. He is God's will in action in human form. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. So this... This great, all-inclusive redemption. Who's it for, brothers and sisters? Yeah, it's for everybody. It's for everybody. But who experiences it? Hmm. Let's look at some scriptures. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whosoever believes in him should not perish, but have everlasting life. He loves the whole world. He died for the whole world. He offers this beautiful salvation and redemption to the whole world. And who receives it? It's the one who receives it. 
the one who believes it. Listen to this from 2 Peter 3.9. The Lord does not wish for any to perish. There it is again. It's not God's will for any to be sick. It's not God's will for any to perish. It's not God's will for any to miss the opportunity to receive the free gift of salvation. Listen to this one. This is 1 Timothy 2, 3, and 4. God, our Savior, desires all men to be saved. Does anybody know what the Greek word is there? Sozo. What's that mean? Healed, made whole, totally fixed, everything right. The same word sozo is translated uh, saved here in the King James and many translations translated healed in other passages of Scripture. That is God's redemptive plan. It's all in the plan. Jesus said healing is the children's bread. He didn't say special dessert for those who got gold stars on every chore. It's our our redemption. Thank God. Thank God. Thank God. Thank God. Uh, listen Listen to these translations from this is 1 Timothy 2, 3, and 4. Listen to these. This is Weymouth. God who wishes all mankind to be saved, to be healed. God who desires all men. That's Maffet. God who wants all persons. Berkeley translation. God who longs for all people. That's Taylor. God who is ever willing for all mankind. That's Williams translation. Is it God's will for us to be healed? Hallelujah. Is forgiveness for everybody? Is Jesus for everybody? Is the blood of the lamb for everybody? Yes, 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 yes. Thank you, Jesus. We know that it is God's good and perfect will. Let's see if we can jump ahead here. Not responding to me anymore. Okay. We know that it is God's will for us to be healed because healing is in God's plan of redemption. It's part and parcel of what Jesus has won for us because God's eternal purpose is for us to have abundant life because Jesus is the demonstration of God's will in action. Jesus, the great physician, is the same yesterday, today, and forever. Amen. Glory to God. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Now, if you need to go get your children from Sunday school, please be dismissed to do that. And we're going to take just a moment here to wait on the Lord. Father God, we thank you so much. Thank you for your word, Lord. Thank you for your word. Thank you that you sent your word and healed us and delivered us from our destructions. Thank you that your words are healing medicine, health to all our flesh. Thank you for the living word, our Lord Jesus Christ, the great physician. Thank you for the written word by which we know that it is your will for us to be healed. Oh, Father God, be it unto us according to your will. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. The gospel is the power of God unto salvation, unto healing, to everyone that believeth. There is power. The power of God is present to heal. The power of God is present to heal. So if you need healing in your body and you believe that it's God's will for you to be healed, I invite you to come forward. And I I invite our teams, our healing team, our prophetic team over here, our healing team over here, come forward and present yourself to the Lord. Come forward and just simply trusting him. 
receive the gift in your spirit man with your hand of faith. Say, yes, Lord, yes, Lord, right now, I believe it and I receive it. Thank you for healing me. And that power, that anointing will enter your spirit and will permeate your body and will change your life. Thank you, Jesus. So please come if you want ministry. Otherwise, be blessed. Come back tonight at 6.30 and hear Sharon's testimony. Don't run off until you receive ministry. Make sure you do come for ministry. Also, out in the atrium, Nina Taylor will be receiving those of you who may want to sign up for the retreat. We have a number of slots to fill. Please sign up. This is a day you need to do it. And make sure you do do it in order to break through that barrier of women not liking women. To the cross I claim Of its suffering I do drink Of its wounds